History Notes. Welcome to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. History Notes reports on the people, places, monuments, and events that have shaped our society. Sometimes we examine what has occurred long ago, and at times we look at history happening now. Grab a pad, a pen, or a digital device and get engaged with History Notes. Welcome to History Notes. I'm Rodney Dawson, your host. I'm curator of education at the Greensboro History Museum. And today we are joined by a special guest from the, uh, love people call it the, um, the left coast <laughs> from uh, Berkeley, California. We have uh, Joanna Foley joining us today. And we're going to talk about uh, a subject that's near and dear to you. And you're in a unique club, I would say. Uh, but should my ancestor's statue in Greensboro come down? You know, how many folks can say that? And so we're going to talk about uh, the statue of your, one of your ancestors and how that has uh, evolved your thinking and how that's affected you and caused you to link up with uh, folks in a similar situation and uh, incorporate some social justice in that as well. So uh, Joanna Foley, thank you for joining us on History Notes. Looking forward to having this conversation with you and eventually with a lot of other people in Greensboro, North Carolina. Absolutely. I think it's going to be an interesting topic, and I, I truly believe it's going to spare a lot of interest. So um, a needed conversation is a sensitive subject, I can imagine, uh, especially from your standpoint. But definitely appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, but first off, can you tell us a little bit about Joanna Foley? Uh, you know, I think you're originally from Tennessee. I'm originally from Tennessee, uh, Middle Tennessee. That's where my family ended up uh, when they left North Carolina, well, part of my family left North Carolina about 1800. Okay. They moved to Middle Tennessee, Sumner County, and they, uh, some of them are still there. So I have sort of had lost connection with my North Carolina roots until about 2013 when I was planning to move from New York City to Berkeley, California. And I decided to go and check out some of the artifacts associated with this ancestor line. There's a statue there uh, of him in the Guilford Courthouse battleground and other artifacts scattered around uh, North Carolina. The, the statue is what, I, I took some pictures of it at the time and I felt like, Oh, you know, this is this is pretty cool. He uh, he fought in two or three battles. Uh, he was the leader of the militia from Surrey County. Mm -hmm. uh, he went on to a political career, as many military people do. Served in the North Carolina Senate and went on to Congress. And he was also um, a trustee of the University of North Carolina. So at the time, I was like. Oh, you know, this is this is cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, took pictures and so forth. And I also knew at the time that he was a slaveholder, but it was like that was like a, a footnote, you know. It's like the two major aspects of his life, you know, he was he helped to build the growing American nation, and you know, he, he didn't really live up to his Christian religion. He was a slaveholder, but those two things were like a mile apart in my thinking. Right. And then this year with all that's going on, 
of the increased push for racial justice everywhere, particularly in the U.S. I, I took another look at, you know, who is this ancestor that I was proud of? Uh, statues everywhere are coming down, particularly of Confederate veterans and generals and other upholders of racism and white supremacy. And I read an editorial, an op-ed in the New York Times by a man who is a descendant of Thomas Jefferson. And he said that he thinks the memorial to Thomas Jefferson uh, in Washington, D.C. should come down. So you're talking about Lucian Truscott? Yes, Lucian Truscott, the fourth. When I read that, I thought, oh, there's a statue. <laughs> My relative is a slaveholder. What I think should happen there, um, and so you know, I started reading stuff all over the place about what people said about what what are, how should we think about this? What I came up with, it's such a huge contradiction that someone fought for freedom and the independence of our country, while at the same time holding other human beings in bondage. That that's just that's. That's a mind-blowing contradiction that, that, that someone did that. Let me ask you this, and I, I, trust, uh, trust me, I'll allow you to, I want you to go on, but when you, you come to this revelation, uh, amongst your circle of your former journalists, amongst your former, your, your, your colleagues, your friends, your, your inner circle, is this a popular thought, or is this something that's challenged? Well, among my inner circle, uh, it's, you know, political activist. Uh, I'm a member of a very liberal church. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like, yeah, you know, you're, you're thinking in the right direction. In fact, you should have been thinking about this sooner. Right. <laughs> I would well agree. <laughs> I don't know how I had this huge blind spot for so long. Um, so, um, I have heard from some people uh, after this op-ed ran, mm -hmm. a cousin that I never knew existed, wow. a descendant of Joseph Winston's brother, Anthony. And she writes and says, uh, you know, I looked you up. I'd like to reflect about this. Okay. Um, she didn't necessarily think the statue should come down or it should not come down. And she... What I'm asking is that we, we need to have a community-wide conversation about this. Right. What does it mean to have uh, a Revolutionary War hero who was also a slave owner? I know for a fact that that's not the only statue there of a person who is a slaveholder. Now, what does this statue uh, look like? Describe it for us. Paint a picture for the audience. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, there's Joseph Winston, and he's got one arm up and it's like he's follow me boys and he's got sword in the other hand and i forget which which arm is which but um i believe it's the right hand he's holding the sword according to the picture i believe yeah that, that okay and so um uh we're talking about uh major joseph winston who was a revolutionary war a soldier and went on to hold office in the Senate and the Congress in the state of North Carolina. Um, and he's a descendant of yours. And where is he? Is he a great, great what? 
He's my great, great, great grandfather. Okay. All right. His, his son, one of his sons, Thomas Winston, is the one who left North Carolina and moved to Middle Tennessee. So Winston is my, it's my middle name. Mm. Uh, my mother was born in Winston. So we, you know, Winston connections go way back. Okay. So you're in a very progressive city now, Berkeley, California. Uh, but you've had experience living in the Bible Belt in uh, southeastern United States. Um, but you said when this came after the uh, the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, at the hands of a police officer there, um, and you you start seeing this blind spot in the article uh, in the op-ed, Should My Ancestor Statue Come Down in the Greensboro News and Records? You talked about that blind spot um, that was no longer a blind spot anymore. And you're encouraged by your your inner circle in Berkeley to say, "Hey, you you're you're late to the party." Uh, so, what's in you now? What's what spurred you to write this op-ed, and and what's 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 going on in your heart now? Well, uh, I had a number of feelings. I was, you know, now disappointed in my ancestor because some of the other Winstons were Quakers, and okay. they freed their slaves. Uh, Dolly Madison uh, is a, a relative of mine, a Winston mm. relative, and um, some of her family freed their slaves. So even though slaveholding was widespread at the time, people didn't have to indulge in that, you know. Mm. I think it's a real failure, a, a real moral failure of someone's uh, religious principles to, to hold slaves. So... I'm disappointed in my ancestor. I feel like he left us a, a tainted legacy. I'm disappointed in myself that it took me so long to, to, to see this. Um, and I think a lot, some other people are in the same position that I'm in. We need to think about this. Really important to me, statues uh, are not people that just say it's, you know, it's about history. It's about values as well. And, you know, we need to have statues that represent the right values. And support of the American Revolution is one value, and support of slavery is another. To me, they're quite contradictory. And so I thought about what responsibilities do I have as the descendant of a slaveholder? I haven't completely sorted that out for myself yet. I feel like all Americans have a responsibility to speak up against racism and to advocate for racial justice. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you know, every one of us should be doing that. Do people like me have a special obligation? I kind of think we do, and I don't know exactly how to define what it is. Now, to those to those that say, no, you don't have that responsibility, that was hundreds of years ago, uh, that's not the thought that you hold. Uh, what do you say to them? Well, it was hundreds of years ago, but, you know, it still seems to me a, a huge contradiction that someone who was fighting for the freedom of our country was holding other people in lifelong bondage. Those two things just, just don't fit together. I think, you know, people who had free labor from other people benefited from it financially. And I think, you know, that's still going on in our country. 
that people benefited from, you know, slavery was a big business. Right. And um, I personally think reparations are in order in some fashion or other. But I still think, you know, that, well, I'm trying to start a, a community conversation about what should be done at these statues. This is a beloved site in Greensboro. You know, there are, I thought about it more. I thought about what's, what's missing. You know, there are the statues of individuals like General Green, mm-hmm. like Ancestor. Um, then there are statues of group, the cavalrymen, the regular soldiers. There's even a statue to the British soldiers. What's missing is any representation of enslaved people, of black people. And, you know, in some ways, they contributed as much to the American Revolution as anyone else. They were at home working, keeping the plantations going, keeping the businesses going. And there's, there's no representation. Well, no, there is one representation of a person of color there. Do you want me to talk a little bit about that person? Well, let's, let's do this. Let's go ahead and put a break here. And, okay. and uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about that person of color, the one long uh, person of color that's represented. And then also uh, we talked off mic before about you had an excellent idea of how we could get uh, schools, uh, students involved in erecting more people of color and uh, commemorating and memorializing them through a, through a statue. So we're here with Joanna Foley, all the way from Berkeley, California. And we'll take a small break and come back and talk about those things here on History Notes. You've been listening to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. To learn more about this podcast and many more, visit our website at www.greensborohistory.org. Now let's listen in to History Notes. Welcome back to History Notes. Again, I'm Rodney Dawson, Curator of Education at the Greensboro History Museum. We're talking today with Joanna Foley. Uh, about an op-ed that you penned. Uh, you wrote that op-ed, uh, was it in mid-August? Uh, it was It was published uh, August the 16th. I wrote it. I wrote it and, you know, thought about it and showed it to some friends of mine before I submitted it. Okay. Well, you can go on the Greensboro News and Records. I think you may have to have a subscription. If you go on there um, the first three times, it's free. But after that, you have to get a subscription. But it's entitled uh, Joanne, Joanna Winston Foley, Should My Ancestors, Ancestor Statue in Greensboro Come Down? Uh, we've been talking with you about this evolution, this process. And uh, before I get out of here, I, uh, you're not alone. You did some research and found there's some others in a similar situation. I do want to talk to you about that. Uh, but before we went to break, you mentioned how um, you, some, uh, from a New York Times um, article by Lucian K. Trescott IV, who's a descendant of Thomas Jefferson, uh, thought we should remove that memorial in the nation's capital and replace it with one of Harriet Tubman. And you talked about the monuments uh, here in Greensboro, the Guilford Courthouse National Military Park, and how we can incorporate uh, people of color and place statues of them. And you mentioned there's, of the ones in place, I think there's about 28 of them or something, but of the ones, there's only one person of color. And that's- Of course, I know, yeah. Okay, and who would that be? It's Peter Francisco, an obelisk to him. And he um, was from, he's of Portuguese descent. 
and from the Azores Islands. And he ended up in Virginia as a result of a kidnapping when he was five years old. Two different stories about why he was kidnapped. One was that his family was uh, concerned for his, his the safety. They were out of favor with the king of Portugal at that time. And they uh, arranged for him to be gotten out of harm's way. The story is that he was um, kidnapped by pirates for ransom or whatever. Five years old, he ended up in Virginia. And there he was, he ended up in the care of another relative of mine, Mm. Winston. And there are two stories about what happened. One is that Anthony Winston, uh, you know, had him as an apprentice to learn a trade and loved him like a son and wanted to adopt him. The other story is that he kept him ignorant. Mm. (laughs) Anthony Winston had well-educated children of his own. Now, that story comes from a descendant of Peter Francisco, and I think that's probably more likely the true story. Anyway, Peter Francisco was a giant. He was six foot six or six foot eight, 280 pounds, an amazing soldier, fighter, fought in battles all over. He was known by everyone, known by George Washington. So had an amazing, amazing military career. And he certainly deserves to be commemorated. So it's great that there's an obelisk there. But I'm concerned that all the uh, enslaved people who were home mining the plantations uh, are not represented. And they contributed as much as anyone else to the, the building of our country. And, you know, so I would love to see uh, a representation you know, there's some individual statues at the park, and then there are group statues of mm-hmm. the cavalrymen and uh, the regulars and whatever. The unrecognized black heroes, you know, I think we, it would be lovely to have a group statue there, ideally created by a black sculptor. Okay. I think that would be, that would be justice. That would be balancing the picture of what is presented there. All right. Now, ideally, I would like to even uh, have the names of, of these unrecognized heroes. And it would take a good deal of research, but I can imagine that school children might be involved in the project. You know, your museum might, might have a project like this. The Chamber of Commerce. The, the ways to find the names of the individuals. Three years ago, the two local DAR chapters. Did Daughters a, of the American Revolution. Yeah, Daughters of the American Revolution. Did a huge research project to identify all the people who fought in that battle of Guilford Courthouse. So then if you match that against the census of the time, mm-hmm. this is always listed slaves that were held by people. So there would be the names of the slaves of the people who fought there. And then there are also wills where, again, enslaved people are mentioned in in wills. And finally, there's oral history. There may be some people who live in Greensboro 
who are the descendants of enslaved people. And stories may have come down in families about their ancestors' role. So this would take quite a lot of work, but I think it would be interesting and I think it would be community building for people to work on a project like that. I think you're absolutely right. And finally, I would love to see this monument whenever it can be financed and built, dedicated uh, on a future Juneteenth. Mm. It's like, <laughs> would be a, a fitting thing. I would make it my joy and pleasure to come and attend that. Well, that, that would be only if you allowed me to take you to lunch. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> uh, it's been a joy to talk to. I, I would like to ask you, you know, you, it's a brilliant idea. You know, I'm the education curator here, so I work closely with the K-12 schools and the colleges. Uh, which we got about five in Greensboro. Um, so it's, it's so appropriate. And uh, you, you definitely piqued my interest. Um, but how did you come to to know all of this? Just uh, you've been researching over the years? What's... Well, I've always loved history. Um, I was a history minor in college, English major. Th- there's some other stories about the Winstons that are so bad, I almost don't want to get into them. Uh, but I have a lot of this stuff collected in, you know, mm. boxes. And that's why when I was leaving the East Coast, I wanted to sort of come and, you know, do sort of like a heritage tour, like sort of a goodbye right. to that. What actually has happened is that I'm feeling kind of reconnected to North Carolina now. Uh, I joined the local chapter of the NAACP, okay. the Berkeley chapter. I have a subscription to the news and record. So I'm I'm sort of putting down uh, North Carolina roots again. Gotcha. And uh, looking forward to being there again when it's safe to travel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I'm curious to, uh, I want to get your opinion. You have a program that we get these schools involved and we do this research to erect statues uh, illustrating the, the contributions of African-Americans. How would that play out in... Uh, Berkeley, California, the very progressive nation of California. How would it play out there? It would play out well here. How do you think it would play out in southeastern United States, particularly in Greensboro, North Carolina? You know, I don't know. Uh, Like I say, I'm just renewing my Carolina roots. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about local politics and views. And, you know, I I don't want to be telling local people what they should do. (laughs) I'm just throwing out ideas. Okay. willing to follow the leadership of whatever emerges there that I will support. I do want a, a community conversation. Right. And I think it's appropriate, like we're doing right here, just creating that dialogue uh, can lead to healing and uh, not so much schism, but uh, more, uh, more unity. Mm-hmm. So I always say it's been time well spent. I thank you for reaching out to us and um, your willingness and, uh, Considerate consideration for uh, doing this podcast with us. Uh, you know, we probably need to reach out again and do another one. But Joanna Foley, Joanna Winston Foley, uh, thank you for your time here on History House. Thank you for interviewing me, Rodney. It's it's been a good conversation. You've been listening to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. Just as you visited for this podcast, continue to go to www.greensborohistory.org and select the Discover and Learn tab to listen again or learn more about many other subjects. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
and please stop by the museum when you can. We're located at 130 Summit Avenue, Greensboro. Hours vary, so visit our website or call 336-373-2043 for details. Once again, thank you, and keep tuning in to History Notes.